You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Uh, Let's take a break from politics and policy and talk a little football. The Super Bowl is this weekend. Patriots and Eagles. Here to preview the game is J.B. James Brown, host of the NFL Today on CBS. Mr. Brown, welcome to The Bill Bennett Show. Doc, first of all, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Thank you very much for having me on here. This is the first DeMatha graduate I believe I have ever interviewed on the air. Truly, you must be jesting. Do you know the scroll of names of great DeMatha alums that may not compare to the Gonzaga grads, but there's some pretty significant names on that list, and I would dare suggest... I got my pen out. You, okay, good. You give, you give Morgan Wooten a call to start with him Morgan first Wooten. and foremost. He is just awesome. Doc, I had a chance to uh, interview him about five weeks ago. We stay in contact, but I did a, I'm blessed to have a uh, syndicated uh, TV show. It's the old Tim McCarver baseball sure, show. Sure, you do. And um, so I filled in uh, a backfield for him since he's retired. And Morgan was a guest of mine. And do you know, his interview was so well received around the country. He is just a real national resource. Mm-hmm. Tell this audience who Morgan Wooten is. How old is Morgan Wooten now? <laughs> Morgan, I believe, is about 84 years of age. He was, Dr. Bennett, with the first uh, person inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame for what he did principally, solely at the high school level, was at that time the winningest high school basketball coach in the country. He was at DeMath, and I may may get it off by a couple years, but for 46 years, won, oh gosh, maybe 25 or so titles in the Washington, D.C. area, several national uh, high school basketball titles. He's a global ambassador for the game. He also selected all of the McDonald's All-American players, the great John Wooden, God bless him, from UCLA, who, of course, won 10 national championships. He and Morgan um, did that together. And then Morgan, the last oh, probably 10, 15 years, selected all the players himself. He is truly a remarkable man. Mm-hmm. I got to ask you, James Brown, because you're not nearly as old as I am, but you got a couple of years under your belt. A couple. Oh, and, a, a few now. A and, few and now, Doc. My... Your producer, Ricky Jennings, can tell you that, but go ahead. All right, I am just checking my calendar here, and I believe it was on today, January 29th, 1965, that DeMatha High School beat Power Memorial High School, whose star was Lou Alcindor, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And you would have been about 15 years old. First of all, I know you have done your homework, so I am on my P's and Q's. I did not think about that date, but you're right. And given that you are, if I'm not mistaken, Brooklyn-born, you would know that as well, because the great Power Memorial High School, you're right, had the great then Luau Cinder, named Luau Cinder, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who played DeMatha the year before and beat DeMatha. I forget the score, but it was a close game. They agreed to play the following year at Coalfield House, which was then the stadium, um, the indoor arena on the campus of the University of Maryland. It was at the time the 
biggest high school basketball game in the country. 12,500 people packed into that arena. Boy, talk about my age now, Doc. I'm listening to it on radio. Yeah. Listening to that game. And, yeah. of course, DeMath, the one, and snapped that 71-game win streak of Lou Alcindor at that point in time. Fast forward real quickly. So I started doing games uh, after being cut by the Atlanta Hawks and I get a chance to realize my basketball dreams. Yes, yes. I started doing games for the then Washington Bullets while working in corporate America. I go out to L.A. to do a game of the Lakers and he looks at me, he being Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and he asks the question, did you go to that school? I said, what's that school you're referencing? Oh, he says, Samantha. Oh, I said, yes. From that point forward, he gave me about five or six-word answers. He was messing with me. Yeah. And it wasn't <laughs> until I talked about his acting career uh-huh. with Robert Stack in the movie Airplane that he opened up and was effusive in his answers. So, oh, yes, sir. Too many memories flowing back. My audience is saying, "What? hey, the Super Bowl, guys. You guys are reminiscent about these D.C. high schools. Just one more thing. Because I remember, you'll find out, James, when you get older, that your short-term memory may go, but your long-term memory comes back. I remember reading in a newspaper called the Evening Star, the Washington Evening Star. Wow. Yeah, you remember this? Wow. That, yes, indeed. And this stuck in my head that the DeMatha guys were practicing for, for Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, by the guys on defense holding tennis rackets. Above their heads, to you've got to, an amazing memory. Is, wow, you know, to, because of blocking shots, you might as well have a three-foot tennis racket or something. Anyway, but that was—I remember that resounded through the area, and those of us at Gonzaga, us, what were we like? Uh, you know, fourteen, five foot eleven guys. You know, <laughs> just forget it when it came to Dematha. Uh, What an awesome memory. And that was our then high school principal, John Moylan, who was an avid tennis player who had suggested to Morgan that he have the center, Bob Whitmore, use the tennis racket to simulate what it would be like shooting over top of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And it worked magic. No question about it. it. Wow, great memory. All right. You're a busy man. You're in Minneapolis, right? You're getting ready for for the game? Hey, Dr. Bennett, I'm excited about it. Uh, I've been doing this. And first of all, let me tell you, there's only about an eight-year difference uh, between us. So for all practical purposes, when you get older, probably when you get past 50, anybody who's got an eight- to ten-year difference, you're in the same era. So we're in the same era, to say the least. But I'm here to prepare. Um, Actually, we do. I'm blessed to also host a show called Inside the NFL on Showtime. Mm And uh, have been blessed to host Thursday Night Football when we have that part of the package. Uh, so I'm here to do Inside the NFL. And then I've got a few events to participate in. Tony Dungy, the Super Bowl winning yeah. coach of the Indianapolis Colts, he's getting the Pat Summerall Award for excellence. And I'm humbled to be giving the invocation at that great. he and I are the best of friends. And then a couple of appearances. But I'm flying home. When we don't host the Super Bowl, which, by the way, we have at CBS next year in Atlanta, Doc, I prefer to get home. First of all, it typically is the first time I'm then able to attend church on a Sunday. And then I'll go home to watch it on TV with my family. So that's my routine. I'll be on a 6 a.m. flight back to the Washington, D.C. area. Yes, sir. I got to squeeze in a couple of football questions, Super Bowl questions. Here's one. It's just, just curiosity. What is the deal with the Patriots? I mean, why can't they play fourth quarter in the first quarter? What is it? Um. 
you know what? They are probably the best example of master chess players. That first quarter, don't let them get ahead now. If they get sufficiently ahead of you, it's lights out because they yeah. can't score. Yeah. But they are the best prepared team in football. The stats back it up. In an era of design parity throughout the league, Dr. Bennett, they have been the unquestioned dynasty because those players, that organization, and as always, as you know, having um, been in significant positions throughout government in your career, it starts at the top. The tone is set from the top. And Robert Kraft um, sets it at the top. They've got the best coach in the business. They've got the most successful quarterback in the business who set the tone. It was almost like Larry Bird got when they were playing back for uh, Red Arbeck, God bless him, at the, um, the Boston Celtics and that great team. The players set the tone for anybody who was traded to that team, and that's what they've done so exceedingly well. Yeah, it's amazing. I was talking to, I don't know if the guy was joking, but this guy said, I am a, I'm a last 15 years Patriots fan. He said, and uh, a great team. He said, but I can't name 10, 10 of those guys. Who are these guys? No matter who they are, you know, they, they come in and, and then they star in the game and you've never heard of, of two thirds of them. It isn't that amazing yeah, because yeah. the philosophy there is everyone do your job. It is football is the is the the consummate team sport, and everyone does their job. And much like back when you and I were youngsters, basketball players were just basketball players. I know we've got specialists now. We call them back in the day. They called them small small forwards, big forwards, yeah. power forwards. Yeah. Hey, look, uh, they were just basketball players back then. And today, with the New England Patriots, they're just football players, almost positionless players. You can get one guy who the coaching staff has deemed to be the guy who brings a skill set to the field that they will be able to maximize against a weakness of their opposition and he will star and the next week he might be a reserve on the bench because they've deemed somebody else bringing a better skill set to the table. That's how masterfully they do their job. That's how everybody chimes in with whatever they do best to do your job. Quick questions then we got to let you go and know how busy you are this week. Uh, Gronkowski, will he play? Um, that's to be determined. Okay. He is still in concussion protocol, which, as you well know, you and Ricky both, that's very serious business with the uh, National Football League uh, right now with um, uh, yeah. the preponderance of uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE. Uh, so they're taking it very seriously. But he has been practicing. He looks good. I would think that he's going to be there. But there's another example of a tremendously talented, perhaps the best, most talented tight end in the business, although those in Kansas City might argue about yeah. that. He if he's not there, they still can maximize other assets that they bring to the table and still get it done. But I would look for him to be there, though, Dr. Bennett. Mm-hmm. All right. Fix something for me. I was uh, bothered by the kneeling. I'm not, I don't want to talk about that. There's been enough. No, 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 Doc. Any, anything is fair game. Go okay. ahead, sir. And you can comment on that if you want. But what I was really upset about this year is it seemed to me, and I said to my son, we watch a lot of games together. Uh, I watch with both my sons. Uh, which is, uh, you might as well throw the ball because there's a 50% chance a flag is going to come. What is with all the flags? Can we do something about that? Aren't there too many flags? 
You know what? Um, I would hope that that won't be the case, certainly in the Super Bowl and throughout the playoffs. It's been, uh, I think, the, uh, the uh, refs have exercised some patience, so they've been very judicious about it. Um, because the game is so offensively oriented, trying to be fan-friendly, um, yeah. I think we've seen more of that. But I think you're going to see less of that now because we're trying to make sure that it doesn't really hurt the game in terms of fan interest oh, and fan excitement. And, hey, and on the point about the kneeling, you know, the one good thing that has come out of this, though, Dr. Bennett, and I know that people sit on various sides of the fence. Uh, I've always said that I think that the, the narrative was hijacked in terms of people thinking that it was anti-American, anti-flag, anti-police or law enforcement or military when it was not. It was more pro-issues that have been systemic in communities across America. So wherever you sit on that side of the fence, attitude-wise, the good thing from my humble perspective that came out of it, and I recently did a story, uh, blessed to be a special correspondent for CBS News. I did a story on Howie Long, the Hall of Famer, with whom I used to work at Fox. His son, Chris, um, has been very actively engaged um, by the example of his parents. And it was awesome to see that while he said, and let me be clear by stating up front, I stand for the flag myself. I don't disrespect those who do with good conscience because they're they're actively engaged in trying to change the fabric of their communities. They want the flag to represent the same for everybody. I'm okay with that. I personally stand. So does Chris. But he was supporting those players. And the dialogue that has since taken place with leadership, the NFL ownership, and many aren't on that side of the fence. I get it. But if we could sit down at the table, and as a Tip O'Neill, and certainly you would know better than me, and Ronald Reagan, God bless them both, sat down, they would get together and hammer things out. That's what needs to be done to find common ground. And what they're not asking for, they're not asking that the NFL be the panacea for all that ails America or is an ill, but to take action in those respective communities and not just be making money, but helping to change the fabric of those communities. Robert Kraft uh, and the Patriots have been doing that for a long time time and I got to know him better when we traveled. I was blessed to be the correspondent to travel with a number of Hall of Famers over to Israel. Israel's ambassador to the U.S., Ron Dermer, uh, thought yeah. of the idea of getting Hall of Famers to go over to Israel, see firsthand what was going on as opposed through the filter of the news, and be ambassadors for togetherness globally. And it was just a fascinating trip and to see how intimately involved Robert Kraft and his late wife um, uh, Myra were, uh, and certainly been a game changer for me and I would hope that we would see more of that kind of togetherness and Doc when we do talk again if we do I would love to be able to talk about issues like that as well because you like uh, the uh, former quarterback with the um, Buffalo Bills in Congress my partner Jack Jack Kemp what an awesome man who certainly tried to bridge the gap for people to be there why can't we do more of that and and you do that and I would like I would like very much to discuss those kinds of things with you you know Kemp I'll tell you a quick Kemp story Kemp and I were part and he used to come by my office. I remember the last time he came by. He was always with a football player. Came by with John Mackey, and I was mm-hmm. watching. I was watching Super Bowl three. I was watching the Jets <laughs> beat the Colts, mm-hmm. and John mm-hmm. Mackey walks in my office. It's like being caught with a dirty movie when your parents walk in. Or something, you know. I said, "Up, oh, so what?" Jack says, "What are you watching?" Uh, nothing. He says, "Isn't that Joe Willie?" I said, "Nope, I don't think so." And he. <laughs> Anyway, he says, John Mackey, John had this big cowboy hat on. But he used to bring Mackey back, and he'd say, this is Bill Bennett, and he's written 24 books. Man, I wish I'd written a book. Well, he was jealous of me, you know, writing books. And when I went into his office, he was always throwing footballs around. 
And, you know, we both wanted to trade places. He wanted to write the books, and I wanted to sit there and talk football anyway. Hey, and did you know I did a story once when I was working uh, back at Fox and also worked for HBO's Real Sports, uh, one of the best magazine shows on television. And I was doing a story on steroids. And when I went up to uh, interview uh, Senator John McCain, he was so brutally open and frank. He says, J.B., I'm about whatever he is. You know better than me, Dr. Bennett, about 5'9", 5'10". He says, look, if I had been told that steroids could help make me about 6'3 and be a powerful linebacker, I would have done such. He was making a point, though, about how insidious it is, and we had to take action to try to prevent that kind of usage. But he was so open, and he's another one that I have respect for as well, too. But anyway, I look so much forward to talking with you more about matters like that as well. Now, I don't know if your producer, Ricky Jennings, is he squirming over there as I'm heading outside of sports talking to you, Doc. Yeah, I know. He's giving me all sorts of signs. I don't know. Was it offsides okay. or what? what? Too many men on the field? Time, I mean, right? He's waving his arms around. I don't know what he's doing. Thank we're you, way James. Over time. I know. Thank you. Hey, Dr. Bennett, good talking with you. I look forward to talking with you again, too, buddy. Thank you very much. All right. We'll be looking okay. for you on Sunday. Bye-bye. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. So that was James Brown. What a pleasure. First mm-hmm. time I've ever talked to him. Uh, and uh, JB's talking- the best, right? I mean, he's... He's, so he's good. good. He's yeah. really good. Yeah, impressive. He's your buddy, right? You've known him for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, people may have heard him referring to a producer of your show named Ricky Jennings. Uh, yeah, that's is that you? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's talking about me. I know he was me. Claude Jennings, no? Right, yeah. So, you know, Claude's my name. So, my, I'm named after my dad. I'm Claude Jennings Jr. For some reason, when my dad was younger, um, they called him Ricky. And so, when I was born, I was little Ricky. And so family and friends call me Little Ricky, grew up, family still call me Ricky. That's how JB knows me. And so he still refers to me as Ricky. Uh, how do you know him? Do you know him from far back? Yeah. So uh, J- I met JB when I was in a church in Washington, D.C., a church called Rama Christian Center. Great. Okay. Great guy. Good. Great, good, uh, you know, man of faith and, and a really good. Yes. Person. Yes. Clearly. Really smart, really sharp. Mm-hmm. Clearly. You know, I, I realized that the thing about the conversation, I should have said something about the Eagles. Uh, because it was it was all about the Patriots, right. but uh, the Patriots a, are playing someone. There is honestly. another team in there, and uh, I think they got a shot. I think they got a real shot. Mm-hmm. Is Gronkowski playing? As far as we know, uh, you know what? It's still up in the air. Uh, I believe he will play, but yeah. we've got to go through that concussion protocol, and uh, so we'll see. Yeah, Patriots always do this. Well, we don't know, you know. We don't know about the glove. Yeah, and the Tom Brady, the whole hand thing. Yeah, but they, sure. they always end up showing up and playing and, <laughs> and winning, you know. Right. But uh, but we shall see. We shall see. Anyway, great pleasure to talk to James Brown. And I thank you, Claude or Ricky, as the case <laughs> may be, for uh, making the introduction. No problem. No problem. All right. That's. Uh, I think that does it. Uh, I think that's a show. Uh, Claude, if people want to email the show, they can do it. Tell them how to do it. Right. And, Just uh, send an email to Bill Bennett Podcast at gmail dot com. Bill Bennett Podcast at gmail dot com. Yes, and thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you later. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show.